welcome to this special edition of Lawrence Talks Podcast. I am your host, David Tomez, and today I'm going one-on-one with City Commission candidate Rob Sands. Before we begin, though, uh, I would like to remind those listening that you can find this podcast on our website, lawrencetalks.org, as well as Apple, iTunes, and Spotify. Now, with that out of the way, Rob, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think so. Um, our pre-conversation uh, was a lot of fun, and maybe yeah. uh, maybe I might include that a little bit. Yeah, so the very good parts. Yeah. Talking about Star Trek and, and uh, movies. Um, but I want to talk about your candidacy. I want to talk yeah. about... Uh, so you've... Had, there have been a number of forums. Yes. Uh, was it maybe, was it seven or so, six or seven? I've lost count. I think we're on eight. I think we're eight of nine right now. We've okay. got one more on the 30th. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I'll probably ask different questions than, uh, cause, uh, than you might get at the forum, mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand. Because some of them have been, been online or available online. Yeah. And, um, so they have, uh, each forum has their set of uh, interest that mm-hmm. they're trying to get out. But today I, I have some more, maybe more basic and general questions Great. to ask. Um, to start off, uh, there, uh, in my background as, as philosopher, and I'm also uh, co- concerned with uh, judicial decision-making and mm-hmm. decision-making in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there are some studies that are, uh, and articles that suggest that a person's background and experience uh, greatly influences mm-hmm. uh, how they make decisions, and and even if uh, it's it's the two things or the the particular decision at hand seems uh, so separated from their experience, but still they're carrying some information mm-hmm. and background Absolutely. background with them. Um, and so, in that spirit, uh, can you tell us a bit about your background and and how you plan to utilize your experience yeah. um, when you're were you to uh, be voted in a city commissioner? Yeah. Um, well, I'll give you the demographic background information, and then and then we'll try to talk a little bit about how I uh, how I try to utilize that. Um, so I, born and raised in Kansas City, Kansas, uh, Wyandotte County. Um, enlisted in the Army right out of high school. Um, got my commission from a small military school in Alabama. Came up back to came to Lawrence to finish my bachelor's degree. Uh, met my wife. Um, we decided to stay here in town. Uh, three combat deployments overseas. Uh, two kids later. Uh, two house moves. Um, <laughs> I uh, five years of a master's of public administration program doing ah, that at night. Okay. Um, and then one unsuccessful city commission run two cycles ago, uh, and we might get into that later. And then. Um, uh, and then five years on the planning commission, and, and here I am. Um, what what's lost in that is uh, a lot of interpretation of the army leadership style is not what everyone thinks it is. Okay. Um, the uh, the things that I have been exposed to, both in combat, but I'm not solely talking about combat. I'm a full time officer, so I deal with issues um, every day around the the care and uh, preparation of our soldiers. Uh, So when you think of a guy in a helmet with a rank on it, barking orders to get up the beach or whatever, that that is really not Army leadership anymore. Um, We're we're tasked with doing 
uh, more with less. And it's not just do more, it's do more of the right thing. Right. Um, okay. And so what, what that leads us to is really a collision of values. Um, what does the commander value most versus what does the overall commander value most versus what does society value most? What our soldiers value most? What our army families, and especially in the National Guard, that's consideration of families is, is a huge part of it. Hmm. What our, and what our full-time employees, I mean, all that stuff, all those values are constant friction, constantly uh, vying for more attention, more money, um, uh, more, more share of the pie. And so really, decisions day to day, every day is a values-based decision. And that seems to be, that those, those values um, seem to be even, they're, all, they're always important. Absolutely. But at, at the level of the military, you, there seems to be this, uh, the necessity to keep reminding soldiers that uh, they have a life away from oh, war. Yeah. That's one of the huge, that's one of the values that we have to compete with. I mean, we've, we've, got, we've got our standards that we have to meet. But then we also have to be very mindful of our uh, of the traditional National Guard commitment, uh, and so that's constantly played out every day. And how does that? Um, how do you expect that to play out as a city commissioner, um, or in your decision making as mm -hmm. a city commissioner? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's really when you boil it down, it's not very much, not very different at all. Um, the decisions that are being made at the at the local level, especially. Are our values-based decisions um, even on mundane things like a sidewalk policy, or uh, whether or not we put a put a traffic signal at an intersection? There are values at play there, um, and the key thing for any leader to do, especially an elected leader, is to not just be available not just be respectful of, of the opinions of others, whether they agree, whether their opinions agree or disagree with yours, but um, seeking out the different voices and teasing out where there might be some un, un, previously unknown value there. Yeah. So it, it's engaging with others constantly, constantly. Um, which is in of itself a leadership challenge. It's, it's a challenge to make time to do those things. But every issue that comes before the city commission, you know, if you were to do Lincoln-Douglas debate on any one of them, mm -hmm. you, could, you could probably rack and stack and find 50 reasons pro and 50 reasons con. So when everything is almost equal, well, most issues, there are some that are clearly morally, there's only one way to do it, right? right. But... Whereas uh, where most issues could really kind of go either way, where you really find um, a good decision versus a bad decision is in the values at play and how you're addressing those values. Okay, so that, that's actually um, pretty an interesting way of, uh, or the way you frame that is, is pretty interesting because there's something very similar uh, talked about in, because as, as me, as a, a philosopher, for those who, who don't, uh, don't know, um, there's something very similar to that, and um, and but before I, I tease that out a little bit, we can kind of go into uh, my next question, and really the one that I uh, I think would be most or I find very interesting. I find 
Not to say that my other questions won't be that interesting. <laughs> um, but for any elected official, I think it's always interesting for people to know um, what their view of justice is, mm. what, that, what that means and what that uh, looks like. And, and, and then there's that, and then translating that to particular or decisions about particular uh, policies or mm -hmm. de uh, de points of uh, decision at, at when they're uh, compelled to make a decision at, at the local level or at the, at the, as a city commissioner. Um, so yeah, th that's first question. What is your view of just, or what is your, what does justice mean to you? Mm. Um, and then how do you uh, translate that to uh, your job as a city commissioner, or how can, or how do you think that will play out? Mm -hmm. Well, if I if I have to, I'm not sure I could fully define it. Um, and that's I, okay, right? That's yeah, that's certainly yeah. That's certainly. Uh, I think though that if um, if I can neck it down just a little bit, because I think there's a justice component to every decision that can be made. Mm -hmm. So, and I hate to, I, I don't want to lean too heavily on, heavily on examples, but, you know, if we're going to cut funding for, uh, say, Parks and Rec Department, so what is, the, what is the justice implication there? Who is left out? Mm -hmm. Literally, sometimes, who's left out in the cold? Right. Or if we're cutting... Uh, money to Lawrence Community Shelter, again, literally, who is left out in the cold on that? Um, so I think there's, there's, there has to be a justice component to every single decision that's made. Um, and, and the second part of the question? Is that, yeah, uh, if you, yeah, the first part is that how, how do you define How do I define ju justice? Oh, how do I define So let me, yeah. let me try to define it a little bit better than that. I, um, and it's it, okay, so you, like, you can answer yeah. it, like, because uh, some people look for, um, like a unified principle that uh, covers all sort of um, cases that this right. is what, in all, all these cases, this is sort of the, the essential part that we're looking for. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think if I had to, if I had to try to neck it down to make it a general statement that covers, let's just say all of city operations. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, uh, the over, oversight of the police force is something that's pretty obviously involved with justice. Uh, um, input on the court system. You know, that's kind of what we traditionally think of, of as justice, or at least that's what traditionally I think of as justice. Um, as a decision-making tool, it, I would have to say, does the decision impact one group uh, in, a, in a marginally more fair or marginally more unfair manner than another group? Um, and, and that's, I hope that made sense. Uh, does does a decision that we're arriving at affect one group more than the other in a negative way or in a positive way? Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, doesn't really matter how big or small the group. Um, if we can articulate it, then we probably ought to look harder at the policy decision that we're making. Yeah, so is the, and, and uh, just to bring that out a little bit more, um, so is the, are you, uh, I guess, saying that if it does do those things, if it does negatively impact a, a group uh, more so than other groups, uh, then we should do our best to avoid making that sort of decision. Yes. Um, okay. Because uh, in part, there's sometimes sometimes you can't avoid. Sometimes you can't. Right. Uh, so, uh, does it depend on I guess the group in that in that instance, or uh, I, I think it would have to depend on, you know, it, it's it's going to be a 
balancing act every time. I think it doesn't depend on the group. It depends on what the effect is. Okay. Um, if, if, if we're ad adopting a policy that, uh, again, I hate to, I hate to use ex current examples, but uh, if, if we're going to raise water rates, mm -hmm. uh, that is going to disproportionately affect a group of people who can afford it the least because you can only not shower, not flush the toilet, not wash the dishes, not drink water so much. Right. <laughs> There's a floor where you hit, where you can't go, you can't dip any further down. And uh, that is the lens that you, that, that, that I would look through. That is an example is the lens that I would look through for most of the decisions okay. that we make. Yeah, because uh, one other, I mean, and, and examples are great because sometimes when we're talking about these abstract things, examples help. Yeah. Right? Um, and you mentioned the uh, defunding of the shelter. Mm -hmm. we, know, we know exactly who that's going to affect. We know mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. um, what's going to, what, the, what the consequences are going to be in that case. Mm -hmm. um, so you, I guess going back, going based on your statements uh, about what justice is, would, uh, was defunding that shelter, would you find that to be the wrong choice or... Mm -hmm. So what I would say is that, I mean, this, the city funded it mm -hmm. at an increase and provided emergency funding, and the county did the same thing. It just wasn't as much as the shelter needed mm. uh, to, to maintain their operations. And so uh, I would have done it differently. Certainly I would have done it differently. And I think that the, uh, the city has an obligation to ensure that the shelter meets its operational goals, its operational goals, right. not the city's budgetary goals. Okay. Um, that being said, the, uh, there's, a, there's a report out. Some people may have read it. The, uh, it's an SS&C report on a, kind of an audit and report on where, uh, where the LCS can improve operations, improve efficiencies and effectiveness, and, um, and, and get to a more sustainable funding model. Um, I think the LCS needs time to implement that, that report, I think it only it was only published in April. Okay. And so it really hasn't, in my opinion, hasn't had enough time to fully digest. I mean, because implementing organizational change is hard. Right. And it takes a lot of time. And uh, I don't think they've been afforded enough time to do that. And the effects might take, take some time to, to fully come out. Absolutely. To be, to be to such that where those changes prove beneficial. Mm -hmm. right? So some patients might be required in those in those cases mm -hmm. and, and I think too that that with uh, with some other uh, looking at the whole landscape of of what kind of um, the different things that affect homelessness uh, whether it's um, escaping from trauma whether it's you know chronic unemployment or inability to hold down a job whether it's related to addiction whether it's alcohol, illicit, or prescription medication, or it's mental illness. I mean, each one of those cases is absolutely different. Every, everybody is individualized. Mm -hmm. And um, I know LCS and their non-for-profit partners work with each individual partner. That being said, I think we're going to see uh, with the uh, mental health uh, campus opening up probably in a year and a half from now, I think we're going to see some better treatment and a, a, of folks when, when some of those other resources come online. Okay. Um, and one of the, uh, in our discussion prior uh, to this recording, it, we brought, brought up the hub, uh, the hub decision. Uh -huh. 
Um, and I don't necessarily want to ask you about, I guess, uh, what your decision would have been in that case. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the things that came out, uh, or at least to me that, that seemed interesting, was the effect of, um, or the attribution, or people that, uh, who maybe disagreed with that decision attributed much to public opinion at that time and public pressure. Um, and uh, whether or not that we can we can disagree on that that assessment and um, and but the question I have is that sometimes um, how how important is public opinion oh, yeah. um, and then uh, how do you because it, it, as a politician you had to care to some extent sure. about public opinion because you need votes sure um, but at the same time public opinion can be on the wrong side of of a debate. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, if you could, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have to, uh, I have to disclose that I did listen to the podcast that yeah. you did on that <laughs> one. So, uh, I, I thought you, you had a, you led a really good discussion on what is the commitment of a politician, especially a local politician to, um, I don't want to, not vows the wrong word, but, but respect or adhere to public, um, public voice. Right. And when is it appropriate for that politician to put public voice aside? And and honestly, that's 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 constant. That's a constant yeah. interplay and a constant uh, friction point. Um, I happen to believe that uh, that representatives of the city commission are are uh, uh, that that there are elected representatives, so they do have a duty at some point to represent public opinion. Or, or to represent public will, public desires. Um, I believe that the city commission is, uh, is a conduit between the people, the policy, and the staff. So uh, I, I, I don't see that the city commission is an extension of staff. It's, it's a representative. It's a legislative body. Sometimes it acts in a judicial manner. Right. Um, and so uh, now I will, I will cheat a little bit by saying <laughs> that as, as a, I've been on the plan commission for going on five years now. And so I've been in those situations where public opinion is strong and re well represented on one project or another. Yeah. And it is tempting to make the people in the room happy. Right. And that's not yeah. a, yeah. And that's not a Kansas nice thing. Yeah. That's just human nature. Um, and it gets really hard to make decisions in that, in that space, but you still have to do it. And so uh, one, of the, one of the easy tools that planning commissioners get is something called the golden criteria. Um, and it's, it's 10 criteria, and I won't rattle through them now, uh, but it, it's, it, is a, it is handed down from the Kansas Supreme Court as 10 things that a planning commission should consider for a rezoning request. But it, if you adapt it to, you can adapt it to almost any situation that a city commissioner would have to make. And one component on there is public opinion mm. and support of the neighborhood. Now it's not, but it interplays with nine other conditions. And so it's, it's individual commissioner choice on how they weight right. each one of those nine. Okay. Um, and, and, and it changes every single time. What I would say is uh, we have to, as appointed commissioners or as, as hopefully an elected commissioner, I've got to be able to respect every viewpoint in the room. Um, I cannot be triggered. I cannot get angry. 
because if I'm getting angry, then I'm shutting out that input. Right. And, I'm, uh, and my bias will take over instead of listening to a different voice. Um, so it's, it's absolutely important to maintain one's head in that situation and not only not be swayed, but not, not be triggered either. Okay. I don't think I answered your question. No, no, <laughs> I think because uh, it bring out of there, um, yeah, because there is this very human aspect uh, to want to, um, yeah, and you want to be careful to how you characterize this because it, it, if you say bow uh, to public pressure, it's that's a negative, very negative connotation. Absolutely. And you're already, but, but it's, it's listening to public input is not always a bad thing. No, it, it's a necessary part of the process. Right. And it's not just listening for public input. And I'm glad you brought that up because I don't know if I hit this point hard enough. It's seeking out. Yeah. It's engaging different voices. It's, uh, you know, the, the grumpy old guy who comes in and, and yells at you every, every week. It's stopping and talking to him before the meeting and going, you know, what... What, what, is it that, what is it that you think is really at play here? Um, it, it's not just talking to the neighborhoods in the area. It's talking to, to folks who, who don't live there, who maybe live somewhere else or who work in that neighborhood or who, are, who don't have the flexibility to show up to the meetings. It's actively seeking out differing voices. Yeah, and that's... Um Part of your answer made me uh, think of, uh, so one of the early classical arguments for, for free speech includes this uh, bit that we want free speech because, uh, and almost and no matter, there's some qualifications that, they, that this argument brings up that people don't tend to mention, but um, part of the reason why we want free speech is because even the person that we really disagree with can, uh, part of their the answer that we really disagree with can include a concern that yes. we didn't take into account yes. or we haven't come across. Yes. So there can be like a nugget of truth. Uh, well, or a shared value. Yeah. Or if we disagree on something, there's the, the passion that is displayed at, at these meetings comes from the same place. It comes from everybody loves Lawrence. We want to maintain the things that we fell in love with and we want to change the things that need to be changed. And we argue on the how, mm -hmm. or we argue on the where or the when. And, but I, as a planning commissioner, or as, a, again, a, hopefully a city commissioner, when, when I realize that it's coming from that place of loving the place where you live, that makes it, it really does make it easier. It makes it easier to hear all the negative stuff. It makes it easier to hear the positive stuff. It makes it easier to not be triggered. And it makes it easier to not go with the whims of the of the group that's in the room that right. day. And that's and that's difficult because you're the way these meetings take place. There's tons of uh, uh, depending on the issue, there can be a lot of people there um, who are obviously on one side. Uh, so can I tell you what what is far more dangerous and concerning? What's that? When there's not a lot of people. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah. When when we have a uh, and I could give examples, but I'll just give you a generalization. But when we have an issue that doesn't have a lot of public support or outcry, and it's just a staff report, mm. and, and all you can do is go, I, you know, especially in the planning commission, we will sit there and just kind of stare at it and go, what am I leaving out? What, what are the potential drawbacks on this? What are the potential benefits? 
How come no one, does no one come here because they don't understand it? Or does no one right. come here because um, they didn't have the time? And that's, that's the scary, that's, really that's the most scary part. Yeah, yeah I, I agree, uh, right? When, that's why we want involvement. That's why in a democracy we need people to be involved as much Absolutely. as possible. Uh, because people uh, at any level um, can make really bad decisions uh, <laughs> based on biases, based on yes. short cognitive or some sort of uh, shortcoming of mm -hmm. some kind that, or not uh, having the full knowledge at hand. Mm -hmm. um, well, and, and that's a good thing to bring up uh, because I'll go back to values on that. And we'll, you know, you'll hear some people say, well, we need to do a study. We need to see the data. I'm telling you what, data is not the answer to every question. Um, when you identify the value and if you can speak to the value mm. at play okay. and speak to the loss that people are experiencing, either real or perceived, that's where you get your decision. I mean, obviously, there's some things where data is just overwhelmingly for one thing or the other, but right. what I'm saying is the knee-jerk reaction of, of the politicians say, we need to do a study, we need to hire a... a uh, um, a consulting agency, or we, we need more data, more data, more data. Data doesn't make the decision. Right. And rarely does data, in my experience, 19 years in the Army, rarely does data even truly inform the decision at hand. Yeah, and because uh, what data can tell you is whether a certain policy has uh, done well to serve a certain value. Yeah. That's... It can't tell you what values to have. It can't tell yes, you. Yes, yes. It doesn't, data doesn't, so there's a gap between data and what path we, or policies we should take. That's a, yes. Um, and values is what bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. um, and that, yeah, and that's, I say that as not as, uh, in necessarily an agreement, but that's just uh, something that I've come to find as in mm -hmm. my studies and that we talk about, in philosophy we talk about this uh, all the time that, it, it, in in my uh, well, in philosophy we call that the naturalistic fallacy. Mm. That just because something is the case is wh why it's is what makes it right. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. going from the uh, the facts of the matter and saying that given these facts, this is this is the right way. It's like you can still question whether just because of that data or those facts that what we're doing is is the right thing to do or the specific mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. That takes something else mm -hmm. besides just looking at what the facts say, or what what the facts are. Mm -hmm. um, we still have to interpret. The facts. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and and but so yeah, your answer uh, yeah makes makes great uh, tons of sense to me. Um, I'll end on this this okay. question. Earlier we had a uh, earlier this month we had a, an event regarding how we evaluate politicians. I know I heard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I listened to that one too. Good. Sorry. Awesome. Good. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you're you're listening. Um, yeah. And and so what came out of that is, is that people, voters, tend to look at a number of things. Mm -hmm. Some of those things we think are irrelevant, or we would, we might think are irrelevant mm -hmm. to uh, whether a politician is a good one or not. Mm -hmm. uh, so they might focus primarily on party affiliation. Yeah. Um, and ignore almost everything else. Yeah. Um, so as, as a candidate and then, uh, how would you hope people are evaluating you now as a, as a candidate? Right. And how would you like to be evaluated as a, if you were to get the nomination as a, as a 
as a candidate. Um, and I, I asked that, and I asked this question originally in mind, keeping in mind that uh, sometimes our policies um, that we enact can have delayed effects. Yeah. Um, and so it makes it hard to uh, evaluate politicians, especially mm -hmm. if they're, the policy pushes that they've made haven't come into a full effect yet. Mm -hmm. um, so with that in mind and everything else in mind, how would you hope to be evaluated? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it is something obviously that concerns me, um, not just me as a candidate, but, but how people, uh, there's a spectrum of people who get engaged in local politics. And even, even just the kind of the, the bare minimum entry of reading the newspaper is a great step. Mm. Um, then there's people who belong to neighborhood associations, and then there's people who show up to city commission meetings, and I'm trying to build an intensity here. There's people that show up to, well, let's back up, people that read the newspaper, that's great. People that then belong to a neighborhood association and get involved in it and worry about an issue that's important to their neighborhood, and then there's people that show up to committee meetings like Historic Resources or Board of Zoning Appeals or Planning Commission. And there's people that show up to city commission meetings. And then after all that, then there's people who engage regularly with politicians or members of boards. And it is so, it's so time consuming to walk yourself through that spectrum that it, you know, it, it's a bell curve that is all the way to the left and it, and it barely starts with people who read the newspaper. People who read the city news mm. in a newspaper. And so when you get down to the folks that actually engage, seek out and engage with politicians, it's such a small number. Right. Um, and and it's, it's unfortunate, uh, but I understand. I understand it. Uh, we're, we are pulled in multiple different directions every day. And if, if someone is, is secure in their job and their home, and their family, and and maybe once in a while um, reaches out to a neighbor in need, then that's the and if that's the best they can do, that's great. That's such a good place to be. Right. Um, if I had to, if I had to, <laughs> so if I had to ask people to do at least one thing, it would just be. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, advertising for Lawrence Journal World or anything. Yeah. But it would be just to, to start off by reading the, the candidate guides because they've really covered quite a few of the, um, of the forums that we've been at. And then after that, how to evaluate me? Then uh, look at my Facebook page. Look at what, I'm, look at what I care about. Um, and then after that, send me a message on Facebook and ask and test me tax me because here's what I will tell you is I've seen what some of the other candidates how they respond to folks on Facebook and some don't even bother I mean they put a, a message goes up and just sits vacant mm -hmm. um, I try to engage with everybody that sends me a, a message um, and then after that you know request a sit down I, I've I have not turned anyone down to sit down with me and in fact I've tried to seek out more people to sit down with than I can even schedule. Or then, you know, they don't have room in their schedule to, to, to give 30 minutes to me or something like that. Um, 
how do I want to be evaluated? Hopefully the listeners of your podcast listen to my philosophy on, I didn't mean to use the term philosophy, because <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't really think it's a coherent philosophy. Uh, but uh, but I, I mean, maybe it is. Uh, I guess philosophy is thinking about thinking in a way. Yeah. And so um, I think about leadership a lot. Uh, so my philosophy on leadership and um, making it as brutally inclusive as, as I can um, to the point where I would, I would depend on seeking out uh, different voices to, again, tease out those, those competing values. Um, really, at the end of the day, let me, let me, I'll just sum it up by saying this. How do I want people to evaluate me? I just want people to evaluate me. I don't mm, care what their okay. metric is. Yeah. I don't care what their, well, I do care what their values are, and I hope I'm speaking to those values. Um, but as long as they're evaluating, then, then they're winning the battle. Okay. Rob, uh, thank you for that. And if, uh, before we go, is there anything you would like to vote, the voters to know uh, at your sort of final word? on Final uh, word. Final word. Um, November 5th, uh, it's it's a it's going to be a it's going to be a big election. It's going to be it's going to be important. This one is uh, every election is important. Um, we just don't ever find out how important until after, right. you know. But uh, yeah, I would say uh, just get out and vote. It uh, it doesn't take that much time, and uh, I hope uh, I hope at least this informs some folks as to whether or not they want to support me. I hope it, and I hope it does too. Yeah. Right? I, I don't. I want. Uh, on my end, I hope people take uh, something from these conversations, and uh, and that they prove they prove helpful. Um, Rob, with that, thank you for joining me here. Thank today. you very much, yeah. everyone. Uh, again, you can find this podcast on Apple iTunes and Spotify, as well as on our site, LawrenceTalks.org. Uh, get out to vote November November fifth, uh, whichever decision that is, um, and thank you guys for listening.